0: Into to episode 139 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network. The Sources Say Podcast is presented by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lo- Lexington locations on Wellington Way. And Blazer Parkway, now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com. Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson look forward to seeing you soon. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again By the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country Who is on his way home right now from Kentucky's win in Nashville Over the Vanderbilt Commodores Sean, how the heck are you? Fantastic, Jack Cruising down
1: I-40 Late night Probably going to get in around 3am But Kentucky picks up its first true road win of the season
0: And it was uh, a a tale of... Not even two halves necessarily, more so a tale of 35 minutes-ish in the final five minutes because, uh, Sean, for the first uh, 35-ish minutes, Kentucky was absolutely cruising, led by as many as 28 points, really got things going there in the second half, extended the lead by as many as 28 points. Uh, I mean, really a lot of things went well for the Cats down in Nashville. A couple uh, little little blips along the uh, the road that, that led to some frustrations, specifically in terms of lineup changes and things like that. Uh, but let's just kind of start with some overall takeaways, like we always do. Sean, what did you think of Kentucky's win?
1: Well, you mentioned, you know, tell of two has and, you know, the final five, five minutes. It was more of a tell of two lineups. And when Kentucky went to that three guard attack, like they have in recent games, I mean, good things are happening, right? And without Sabir, I understand that we talked about that on the pregame show. They've got to be able to rest some of these guards at times, but I think you're to a point now, if you're going to do that, you've got to have at least Ty tie or Oscar on the floor, Oscar to provide a post-presence, and then Ty tie a guy that can break someone down and create a shot for himself or create a shot for a teammate. Uh, but overall, I thought it was just an excellent game. Kentucky, you're you have guys that are emerging into stars in Oscar Sheepway. I mean, twenty-nine points last game, thirty points, thirteen rebounds in this game. I mean, you're you're talking about a guy who has firmly, to me, submitted himself into the conversation for national player of the year and then probably the front runner for SEC player of the year at this point. And you got a guard in Ty Ty Washington that is has as many times as he's won the SEC Freshman of the Week award, I think four times now this year, probably will be the front runner to win SEC Freshman of the Year. I mean, you have two bona fide stars now, and and that was a conversation that you and I had for the last two months that I thought that this team was just a really good collection of pieces that were good at one to two individual things for each player. That's still the case, but now they have two studs to go along with all these other pieces, and and it's starting to have the makeup of a very good basketball team. I still want to see them beat someone that matters, but I think
0: they're headed in the right direction. Oscar Sheboy uh, breaks the record. I guess he, he is the first UK player with at least 30 points and at least 10 rebounds in a game since Patrick Patterson. He recorded 33 points and 11 rebounds versus Tennessee State back on December 22, 2008. Uh, he is averaging 29.5 points and 15 rebounds over his last two games. Thirty point His 30 points are the most by a Wildcat since Emmanuel quickly scored 30 at Texas A&M on February 25th, 2020, uh, he's he remained second nationally in double doubles. Uh, he's currently the leading rebounder in college basketball right now. So Sean, yeah, he is he has firmly solidified himself as a as a surefire superstar at this level. And then Ty Tai Washington, his twelfth game in double uh, double figure scoring, five of his last six, he's averaging fifteen point three points, four point seven rebounds, and four point nine assists per game, shooting 542 percent uh from the field in UK's 13 wins Sean, uh, there, there are some things that Oscar's somebody that we've been talking about Yeah, He's been doing the same thing Kind of over and over and over again every game So it's kind of hard to Make up new words and, and new Narratives about him because it, he's just such A consistent dominant force That it, it's kind of even Hard to I saw Jeff Borzello release a tweet that said something to the effect of uh, He he puts up 30 points and 13 rebounds in a game And you just kind of like nod and look at the stat sheet Because you expect something like that from Oscar every single night And that is the the biggest sign of respect Is when you expect just absolutely outrageous numbers like that And that's definitely something that... uh, uh, we've come to expect and some, something we've come to love. But I, I really do think that Ty Ty Washington, you're right, has has firmly solidified himself as a surefire star at this level, too. His ability to create a shot, find his spots, Shauna, I, I think that's something that is, is so, so underrated. His ability to find uh, his spots in that mid-range, that right elbow pull-up jumper, is just so money every single time he takes it. That is, that is, uh, I mean, become one of Kentucky's most consistent knockdown shots that they have. Is is his uh, kind of right elbow, left elbow pull up jumper, uh, and, and th- that is just such an advanced skill. Sean, you know, you know, covering basketball, coaching basketball, the things that he's able to do at all three levels. His his polished uh, scoring ability at all three levels is just something that doesn't happen. That's something that that is made of true stars at this level and and I think he has firmly solidified himself uh, among those those types of ranks.
1: Yeah, and and it's his playing with a pace. Like he he doesn't get sped up. He, he plays at his own pace. He attacks the hedge defender in the big very well in ball screen action. He he's got the pocket pass down pat. He there was a play in transition tonight there in the second half where uh, they had a throw ahead to Davion Mintz directly in the corner, but it goes to, to Tata there instead. And he sees it developing and he attacks the gap and he pitches it out to Mints for a three. And I'm like, man, this guy's really getting comfortable now and making plays not only for himself, but making plays for his teammates. And uh, just, just an excellent passer. He sees the floor well, doing a lot of good things. Uh, you were mentioning Oscar Sheepway there and, and some – some notes and stuff from national analysts that the thing that thing that we've arrived at now is two to three weeks ago. If I'd told you, if I'd just given you a number and said the number was 23, you would have guessed probably nine out of 10 times, maybe 10 out of 10 times that that was Oscar Sheetway's rebounding total. Yeah. If I give you a number now that is in the twenties, you confidently can't tell me which one it is. That's how good he's been in both of those categories. He's had 28 rebounds in a game. He's had 20-plus rebounds multiple times in games. He's now had 29 points. He's had 30 points. He had 20 – how many did he have against Notre Dame, like 25 or 26? Mm-hmm. I mean, he it, – It's that's how special it is, is that it's in both categories now that he's going for 20 and 20-plus. 20 that, that is so special in itself.
0: Yeah he it, it you you like I said, you struggle to come up with new words or it, it, It's kind of funny d- During post-game coverage uh, On the website Trying to come up with article ideas uh, To describe Oscar's dominance Every single game And it's kind of frustrating Because you want to give this kid That is, has done so much for this program and, and has always done it With such a bright fa- smile on his face And he his story is so phenomenal How he ended up at, at Kentucky and, and his journey there you want to do him justice because his story Is just so beautiful and, and you want to Tell it and, and you want to tell it so Often as, as he deserves it because he does It every single game you'd like to have something Up on, on him every single game but but Sean you almost struggle to, to Find new ways to tell The same story of he just Goes out there and he beats everybody on the glass He And we talked about this during the pregame What was the one main thing that That uh, Jerry Stackhouse Talked about that you know, wanting to establish that physicality down low, wanting to uh, you know work work on the glass and and really kind of initiate the contact and initiate be assertive on that end as opposed to kind of taking it. And how did it unfold? Kentucky out read out rebounds Vandy forty two to twenty six. Oscar has thirteen on his own. Uh, I mean, really just completely dominates inside on both ends, and and it really wasn't even close. That you could put it on the scouting report as much as you want. You can say whatever you want. Uh, Nothing you can do is going to stop what Oscar's doing at this point. He is just – I think he – for my money, he's the most dominant big in in college basketball right now, and the only other guy that may even compare to him is Kofi Coburn, and it's another guy that UK could have had if they really wanted him. So I just – I look at this whole college basketball scene and think, man, uh, Kentucky – in an ideal world in my favorite world would have been just seeing the absolute chaos that would have been uh, Kofi and, and Oscar on the same team. But goodness gracious, I'll take the way it unfolded as it is right now, because Oscar is an absolute blessing and a half to, to, to cover and to uh, just kind of follow along and watch.
1: Yeah. And give this staff credit. They bet on Oscar Shiboy And to this point, it has certainly worked out there. are, there were some unknowns going into this, this season, and a lot of it, too, Jack, is he has developed so much in a short time in Lexington. Now, I know he's been here a year. He got here last January, and I think that you're kind of seeing that time period in the spring and the summer pay off for him. Uh, he had that still tonight and that finished transition where he showed his athleticism. Mm-hmm. But the play that followed that was the play that really got me excited. It was a hollow action where his footwork was on display. Keon Brooks caught a pass out of transition. Oscar gets position, post, and uh, he wins the battle there. And, and that is something that stands out to me in recent games. Is and he's always been really physical at getting position. But he, you're, you're what you're seeing now is you're seeing a guy that is in pick and pop. He's in pick and roll. He's getting position offensively. He's finishing with his left hand. He's finishing with his right hand. He's dunking the basketball. He's doing all these things. He is becoming a polished offensive player, and I'm not going to lie, that's probably something that we didn't really know if he could develop into. Uh, We expected Oscar Shubway to make his impact kind of being the garbage man that would clean up offensive rebounds, rebound defensively, make those high-energy plays. He is now becoming a guy that confidently, late in games or close games, you can go to him, and it is lethal right now, pick and roll, pick and pop. Spain action, all that stuff that involves Tata Washington and Oscar Boy together. Uh, when you start running that some of that Spain stuff in the second half and, and games that includes Tata with the ball in his hands, Oscar setting the ball screen, and Grady there in that Spain action, Kentucky is going to have a recipe that could be very, very. Lethal and successful on offense
0: Yeah, I think you described Some of the, the advancements And developments that we've seen from Oscar uh, Since he first arrived I'm telling you, watching some of his West Virginia film and what he was doing there And you know the, the background story And how Bob Huggins did not want him To shoot the ball outside of you know, three feet and and uh, didn't allow him to touch the ball Until 15 seconds left on the shot clock or whatever it was That there was a specific rule for him in place That he was not allowed to show anything uh, in his game Because that's what Bob Huggins thought he was limited to That's what he thought that that's all he would be able to do And, and I think that's where those narratives came from And I think it, it was fair because we watched him in high school, we watched him at West Virginia, and that's all he was able to do. So when those conversations of Kofi Coburn and and Jalen Duren and, and does Kentucky need one more piece, what are they trying to add to, to fit alongside Oscar? Is he enough? Do you want Kofi to come in and start and have Oscar come off the bench? Those type of things. I think those narratives were still justified because what we knew up to that point was that Oscar was was the cleanup guy. that's all he was capable of doing. He is he has clearly shown that that he has developed not only at the at this level the collegiate level but Sean I, I think he's a surefire NBA player like I, I don't you know I'm not gonna say he's an NBA star and I know uh, that we're still a long ways away. he still has a lot of growth to do. But I, I I see no reason why he cannot be an NBA draft pick at this point. He has done so much to, to show that he has a 15 to 17 foot jumper. Uh, his his footwork is such you know it's improved so much. Uh, he, he's learning how to finish through contact. He's I mean he's just doing so much more than just being a cleanup specialist and and rebounder that we knew that he could be coming into the season. And I think that's where that value that value is really coming from. And, and you, I, look at that as a recruiting tool, because you—if you're John Calipari, everybody knows how raw Oscar Sheboy was at the high school level, and, and to start his career at West Virginia, he was only a high energy guy. Uh, I mean, if if Cal's able to get this kid drafted and and potentially even in the first round, I mean, what is that going to do for for you know Cal's recruiting pitch moving forward? That like, look, go watch Oscar Sheboy's. High school tape go watch his freshman Year tape at West Virginia and then Go watch some of the stuff that he go watch that Notre Dame film Sean because you Know watching that Notre Dame game Some of the moves that he was doing him You know getting fast break transition Buckets and you know he looked like Akeem Olajuwon half the time Down low with some of the stuff he was doing If he's able to do stuff like that I have No reason to think that he can't be A first round draft pick In the NBA draft and if he's able to do that That is a feathery in the cap of John Calipari, if I've ever seen one.
1: He's had multiple breakaway dunks this year. I remember one in the Notre Dame game. He obviously had the, the play in transition tonight. And, I mean, he he's even getting better on the defensive end. He's defending ball screen action very well, help, helping and recovering, uh, getting reattached to the big. Uh, even switched out on some guards tonight. I know he found Scotty Pippen Jr. one time, or I believe it's Scotty Pippen Jr. Mm-hmm. been somebody else. And yeah. he had other opportunities where he actually forced some shots and forced, uh, I think, an air ball one time, and then grabbed the rebound. If I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. on yep. a play, uh, he's doing a lot of good for this team, and I'm I'm really excited to see him accept the challenge over the next ten days you know, with Tennessee and A&M and Auburn coming up, that's where you really submit yourself as I'm a full-blown national player of the year, not just candidate. I might be the front runner if he goes through the next 10 days and it really just continues to play at the pace that he's playing at right now.
0: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm all aboard the uh, Oscar Shiway National Player of the Year hype train because I think it's well deserved for an unbelievable player, an unbelievable kid with an unbelievable story. I, uh, um, fans, I, I would just highly, highly recommend you enjoy this last half year with him and you enjoy this postseason run with him because, uh, for my money, I think he's he's a draft pick, and I think that that Cal is going to have that same conversation with him. I just I maybe he falls in love with this process. I know there's some talk about getting this that student work visa worked out where he can start making NIL money, and and that could play a part in it. But uh, if if I were in his shoes, I would look at this and I'd go, man, this this has been an unbelievable journey. His development from day one to now. I just I just. I don't want fans to get their hopes up thinking that we're going to get a second year out of Oscar because what he's – think of it as that junior year Nick Richards where he's finally starting to put it together and everything that you kind of dreamed he could be is finally coming to fruition. And you kind of got down the home stretch of that season where you were like, man, I think we should start kind of planning – Um, planning for the possibility of him leaving. Not that you want to push him out the door obviously, but uh, you you just kind of have to start planning for that and and come up with a replacement idea because uh, the way this kid's playing right now, I just just don't envision a scenario where he returns for another year and if he does, goodness gracious, I I don't know if, if there will ever be another more beloved Player in Kentucky basketball history of what He's doing right now and then he Decides to return on top of all that I mean that would just be an absolute game changer For the program but it's not one that I Envision for uh, this fan base
1: And he they, they need to do something Where he can make some NIL money Because uh, I, could, I could really see him Cashing in big time uh, you, you know that the moment that he, if he can make some an money, he's got one with Windex, uh, the way he cleans the glass <laughs> and he, uh, honestly, I can probably see myself sitting there eating some, uh, Oscar Sheboy SpaghettiOs, you know, big O there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I would buy anything with his branding, his name, his likeness, whatever we want to do, man, I'll, I'll support that kid till the day I die. Cause that's a, that's a hell of a kid with a hell of a story and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm grateful that we're we're able to share a very slight portion of it because he's just an absolute joy. Uh, Sean, uh, keep on moving down this list. A guy that I think had a very quiet, um, underrated performance, but I thought he he contributed so much to winning uh, Kentucky's biggest spurts of success. I think he was at the forefront of a lot of that, and I think that was Keon Brooks. I think he had a very quiet, but... uh, a quiet yet loud, I think. Nine points and five rebounds. Very active on the glass. Uh, very attentive on defense. I think that he uh, was just really engaged and locked in in this one. He, you know, he didn't have you know nine points, five rebounds. And not super flashy, and it's not going to you know turn anybody's heads just looking at the stat sheet. But if you watched him, uh, I think there was a lot to like about what Keon brought to the table, Sean.
1: Uh, absolutely. And that's a guy that tonight was flying for rebounds. And you saw John Calipari really get excited a couple of times with plays that Keon Brooks made, going in and and for rebounds and flying in. And to me, a a lot of people thought that Keon Brooks, being the sophomore season last year, I know he, he missed the first half of the season, but a lot of people had high hopes that he would just emerge have like this PJ Washington kind of trajectory and become a star and, and all American and all these things. And then I think a lot of people thought the exact same thing going into this season. Okay. This is the year where he goes out and averages 15 to 16, 17 points a game. I just don't think that he's that type of player. Yeah. I think that now you have Keon Brooks that has bought into the role of who he is. And I think he's really hearing the things that John Calipari and the staff were telling him. And he's becoming the best version of himself. And the best version of Keon Brooks isn't a, an All-American. The best version of Keon Brooks is being that glue guy that does two or three things across the stat sheet that no one else on this roster can really do. And, and I think that is what you're finally getting from him.
0: That's the position that I think a lot of fans have been waiting for. We've talked about that four spot. Is the You know what you're getting out of Savir Wheeler. You know what you're getting out of Ty Ty and Kellen Grady. And Oscar Sheebway and you're starting to figure that out with with Davion Mintz Is that, uh, you know, kind of that spark plug offensive piece off the bench And, and he's, uh, he's continuing to light it up I mean, Davion, three of five, again from three tonight um, I mean nine points but I mean the, if he's able to bring you that every night that's that's a game changer in itself but uh, I really think that four spot is something that Kentucky just genuinely needed a consistent force uh, at that spot and and uh, you know sometimes he'd bring it sometimes you you know that Ohio game putting up you know double digits he, he had a couple games where he'd get hot from mid-range and, and he'd look really good on the on the stat sheet but is he contributing to winning? Is he uh, being that game changer on both ends of the floor? Uh, is, is he attacking the glass? Is he uh, alert on defense? Is he engaged? Is he locked in? Those questions have been, I think, very clear and very valid all season long. Just that We've seen the Spurs, but we have not seen the consistency out of him. And, and I really think that this was the game that, that you really got to see him put it together on both ends of the floor where... If if you think that this team is capable of making a deep run, and again, we'll we'll we need to talk about that last five minute stretch, and we need to talk about some of the uh, frustrations of the three guard lineup versus the the three big lineup. But when Kentucky played at its best tonight, and it looked like a, a Potential contender at this level It was when Keon Brooks was playing At his highest level and when he was engaged And he was locked in and I think that's Kind of a key for uh, Kentucky's Long term success uh, Going you know kind of closing out this season Going into the bulk of this SEC playing going into the postseason. I really think that that he's gonna be that X factor. If Kentucky wants to really take that next step up as a as a true contender, not just a contender in the SEC, but a, a true national title contender, I, I think it, it 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 kind of all falls on on Keon Brooks as that glue guy at that four position.
1: I agree. I agree with you hundred percent there. And if he can anchor that spot all these roles are starting to be defined even more uh, in the last few weeks. And uh, I know with Sabir Wheeler out right now, I I wrote about it tonight. It was one of my main takeaways. I think – and there's no – in no scenario is it ever a positive that someone's hurt and has to miss action. But you'd look for that silver lining in in every situation there. And I think the silver lining in Wheeler missing the last two games, and it might be – what pushes Kentucky over the top and gets them to that final weekend in the NCAA tournament or that Elite Eight round that gives them an opportunity to get to that final weekend is Savier's grace. And Kentucky was going to be very good the rest of the year with Savier Wheeler being its point guard. But when it got down into a pinch and foul trouble presents itself or an injury like what happened at LSU, was Kentucky going to have enough to win a game in the NCAA tournament or win an Elite Eight game or a national semifinal game with Ty-Ty Washington having to play point, not if that would have been the first time that it would actually had to happen. But I think that Savir being out of action, it's forced Ty-Ty to have to do this. And now what Kentucky has is they have two guys that can man the point, but what they've discovered is they actually have a a star in pick and roll. And that right there, I I kept talking about it. I want to see what Kentucky does late in clock. I want to see what Kentucky does at crunch time in a close game. And sure, we haven't got to see that yet. But I think that we've got it answered in a couple of comfortable wins against Georgia and Vandy that that ball screen action with Ty Ty with the ball in his hands, I think that's going to be a lot of the closing stuff that Kentucky does in some of these tight games that are going to be coming up. And even with Savier being out, it's also forced Cal's hand to give Davy on Mintz extended minutes. And what that's done is it's taken him to another level, and it's given him confidence. You have a guy that going into the LSU game, he was 10 of 37 from three-point range. He's 11 of 20 in the last three games. He's found that stroke in He's found that confidence. He's going to be the guy that goes back to the bench. But what you have now is you have one of the best six men in the SEC, and you have another guy in that backcourt that you have confidence in that can play extended minutes. And that right there is huge. That's a huge development for Kentucky over the last two games. Yes, they've not beaten anybody that's really, really great, but they're setting themselves up to have a ton of success.
0: Yeah, it's about learning to play together, and it's about you know kind of finding those consistencies. Your shot has to fall. It doesn't matter if you're playing Transylvania or it doesn't matter if you're playing Duke. Your shot has to learn to fall and Davion just had to see it fall through the net. Ty Ty had to learn uh how to run point by himself. It doesn't matter who he's going up against. He just needed that experience and then you just kind of go down the list and you know Keon uh, kind of having a, a, an expanded role in this, you know, Xavier's absence with, you know, kind of how the the ball's been moving around a little bit more and, and trying to find more ways to score. You know, Keon kind of having uh that slightly expanded role as well. It's just kind of Opened up the door, like you said, it, it's not Ever a good thing to have your You know, starting point guard out, but there Is, a, if if there are a couple Silver linings, it's about opportunity Elsewhere, and I think that's something that we've seen Pretty clearly, is that they have definitely capitalized um, on, on that Mark as well, uh, let's kind of s- Slowly hit the tail End of, of this show, but um, Some of the, the Frustrations that came from this game was One, uh, Cal talked about After the game, he was asked, you know Against Georgia, he started a three-big lineup: Jacob Toppin, Keon Brooks, and, and Oscar Shebway at the three, four, and five. Things went south rather quickly. Uh, offense just absolutely stalls out, sputters, not able to get anything rolling. They take him out. They take Jacob Toppin out. Put Davy on mince. In things finally start rolling. Ken- Kentucky cruises to a 15-point win at home against Georgia. Very similar situation uh, in this game. They start with a, a a solid run with their three guard lineup. They switch it out. Uh, Vandy goes on a uh, on a significant run on its own. I believe it was a nine zero run to start with, or maybe even eleven zero run to start with. When uh, when Kentucky went back to its three big lineup and then uh, take that out, go back, put the starters back in, and, and then Kentucky goes on like a, a 17-0 run or sixteen zero run, whatever it was. Uh, it really clear, Sean, that this team thrives. And is is at its best whenever ball movement, uh, court spacing, shot makers are all on the floor together. It's very clear that that's where this team is playing at its best, and and that they just really start to sputter whenever the ball start, stops moving. There there aren't a lot of shot makers on the team. You just really it's really hard to get a lot of offense out of anything when when you have Jacob Toppin, uh, Keon Brooks, and either Oscar Sheebway or, or Uh, Damian Collins was tonight's example Bryce Hopkins in there as well Uh, Things just really started to stall out Whenever uh, Kentucky went away From its three guard lineup And I know that when you have Savier out You're really limited on, on guard depth But uh, there, there's there's a fine line there of of giving the players rest and going completely a, away from what they were doing. Because, I mean, Cal did a whole th- mini platoon of three out, three in there for a minute, too. So you can't really use that example of, well, not every guard can play 40 minutes. Uh, th- I think there was a fine line that Cal kind of struggled with there for a minute and then realized – down the stretch, when things got really, really ugly, and, and we heard it in his post game press conference comments, he said, uh, "Yeah, three three guards is the way to go," and uh, that's that's kind of what we're going to be doing moving forward.
1: Well, the the worst thing about it, I think, and where the mistake was, is taking Ty Washington and Oscar Sheehy out of the game at the same time. I agree. If, if you're going to have to do that, and and let's face it, without Saavir right now, Dante Allen's not a playable option. And, you know, we've talked plenty about that. We don't have to dive into that, but you can't take the post presence off the floor that makes life easier on you because not only is it just the ability to give it to him on the block now, but if you do take a shot and you're not going to shoot it well with that lineup, he's probably still going to have a very good shot at getting an offensive rebound and getting you a garbage basket. Well, with ty Washington, he can break his man down or he can get in the lane and make a play not only for himself but make it easier on some of these other guys that can't. And John Calipari talked about it. You know, Davion Mintz isn't a point guard. And when you have him on – and you, he has to play point guard in some minutes right now in a pinch when ty needs a breather. But you take ty off the floor, move Mintz to the one, Grady's the two, you got Hopkins and Toppin – and then you've got Damian Collins in there. Who is making life easy for you offensively with that lineup? No
0: one. Not a single person. You have no
1: one that has the ability to really break it down and, and do anything, and then you've got some pieces out there right now. Let's just face it. Damian Collins isn't comfortable in those situations. Ross Hopkins has shown that he's not very comfortable, although I thought he did some really good things as the game progressed tonight. And you can tell the potential and the confidence that John Calipari has in him to be really good at some point. But that lineup, there's just nobody that makes life easy. Let's say you plug in a tie tie at the point and you saw them do that in the second half and you played Bryce uh, with the key on and and something like that. And you had more success because you had the right guy at point or you had the right guy and Oscar at the five. Just one of those guys makes life so much easier. Uh, But both of them, yeah, you keep both of them on the floor as long as you can. Those two are so efficient right now with what they're doing offensively. And how about this? Kentucky up to eight and Ken Palm, not not in offense, Uh, 22nd in defense. So it did dip. That will improve with Savir Wheeler returning at some point.
0: And now this is the last thing that I want to hit before we get out. And and, I mean, I guess we can talk the last five minutes. Uh, Vandy goes on a 16-0 run to end the game. Um, Kentucky goes 0 for 7 in the last in, during that stretch. Four turnovers in the last 6, and a half, 6 minutes, 14 seconds. Uh, similar narratives. I mean, it, it, that's what happened. The um, Cal went away from from that. You know, three-guard lineup and, and went bigger And kind of started experimenting a little bit With Damian Collins and Bryce Hopkins a little more And uh, just really kind of wonky lineups To just kind of get the game get out of the game And, and just kind of uh, head home with a win And you could just really tell things got ugly And you could kind of tell that last two, three minutes That UK really just didn't even care So I, I don't want to make too, too big a deal Out of that final stretch, Sean I, I guess I, I will ask you Is that... Something that, that worried you go, moving forward that last stretch? I mean, I know it was ugly, and I know Cal, those was one of the first things he addressed after the game, saying it was unacceptable. We can't uh, let go of the rope like that. But uh, that's not really something that, that bothered me too, too much. Uh, you you would you obviously don't prefer that, and you don't want that. But I think it was a pretty clear effort thing rather than a anything skill-related or potential-related or so on and so forth.
1: It doesn't worry me and, and the reason why it doesn't worry me is when they got up twenty eight and he pulls Oscar and some of these other guys out of the game, I think as a player you're losing that competitive edge because you think your knots done. Yeah. And then they have these guys who Vandy had already gone on a 9-0 run earlier in the game, when well, then they let they got on another 9-0 run with that same group in the floor on the floor. It's hard to have to flip that switch again after you've built your lead to 28 and you see that you're going to win. I just think that that's hard to turn that switch back on. Uh, so I think that that just kind of came down to late in the game. This, this Kentucky team you know, knew that they were up big and they, most of these guys thought their night was done, and it should have been done. The, the bench should have been able to finish this thing out and eventually get to Dante and Lance Ware and some of these other guys as well, but but they weren't able to do it. And then you put the starters back in, and I know that they weren't crisp there late in the game and, and finished with 78 points, but I, I'm not too worried about it, honestly. They they played so well for, what, three quarters of that game that I'm not going to let the last five take away anything because I think that that was kind of just a lack of focus in the situation and thinking the night was done.
0: Yeah, that that's kind of my my overall take. I mean, you have 34 35 minutes of very very high quality basketball. Uh, I mean, really when you get up 28 points at Memorial Gym Gymnasium, uh, that type of environment. I know it was it was loaded with UK fans and you got big blue, you know, BBN chance and things like that. I, I it's not the typical Vandy experience, but it still unique environment, difficult Court set up uh, and, and For them to get up by that many and, and I mean yeah they let go of the rope And, and you you prefer to n- Have things not unfold That way but uh, definitely not Any you know, long term concerns or Anything like that I, I still look at this game I, I'm more optimistic about this game Than I was even about the Georgia game I, I, I genuinely think that uh, This this was a very high quality Win it's never a bad thing to win by Double digits uh, to, to get your First SEC to Get your first true road win of the season In the SEC Double digits uh, Interesting environment All those type of things it, it, You know, you can never apologize for something like that you, you prefer it go a different direction But you would never apologize for it Sean, uh, let's get out of here with one final thing w- Tennessee is obviously a, a whole brand new animal A lot of talent rounding out that roster A couple interesting losses That they've hit on But um, we're, we're going to have our typical preview show Like, like what we're trying to uh, keep rolling with And we're going to have another post-game show Just like we're doing with this one after that game ends This weekend, again, we Said it earlier, but we're going up to Hoop Hall Classic Zach Gagan and I uh, Up in in Massachusetts, so we're going to have Kind of rapid fire posts, we're going to be able to do uh, Pre-game show, post-game Show, and then recruiting notes from While we're up there, so I hope you guys are uh, Ready for a lot of sources to say Because you're going to get a lot of it, but uh, Until then, Sean, what are some of the things That you're kind of circling on And and really focused on for Kentucky as they prepare for uh, A very talented Tennessee volunteer team
1: well, as efficient as Kentucky is offensively, Tennessee is not. Tennessee is 61st in Ken Kempom right now in adjusted offense. But Kentucky is going to be challenged because this is going to be another one of those games like LSU where LSU had the number one ranked defense in Kempom. Tennessee currently sits at number two in adjusted defensive efficiency at 86.8. So it's going to be a challenge. Can this efficient Kentucky offense – do these things that they've been doing against a team like Tennessee. We saw that Kentucky had their struggles at LSU. Now that, granted, that was the first game that Savir Wheeler missed. He only played three minutes, so that that kind of throws you for a loop. It's a situation that you've not prepared for. You've seen Kentucky be prepared to play without Savir in the last two. Tata's doing his thing. Uh, but I think that's the thing that I'm looking for is can Kentucky do it to someone that is good in that area of the floor? Uh, Tennessee is one of these teams that you just really don't know what to make of them. They struggle to score points at times. The the game against Ole Miss last week at Thompson Bone Arena was probably one of the ugliest college basketball games I've ever seen. I think (laughs) the two teams combined for 46 turnovers. Uh, that would be where I'm most curious in watching this is can Kentucky be efficient in this matchup? And if they can, I think that Kentucky could end up winning this game by about 15 points if they can be efficient offensively and it could be a very impressive win. If they struggle to score and it's in the and it's a sixty to sixty four game, kinda like it was at LSU, then I think Kentucky's in trouble. If Kentucky gets this thing to the seventies, Kentucky's winning.
0: Well, I'd certainly love to hear that and I'm feeling uh, quite confident in Kentucky's offensive abilities recently, so uh uh definitely a, a good sign for that Sean. Let's get out of here. It's 2:24 a.m. on my end and you still have uh A little bit of a haul to go before you get home, too. So uh, we'll wrap it up there. Let's go one final note from our friends at Prize Picks. The NBA season is well underway, and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite former Wildcats play than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money, daily fantasy sports, and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the game, Games. Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their projection. Prize Picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting four or five. Pre- Predictions correct you can have uh, Picks across sports as well with the NFL playoffs officially here Add in some of those players to your picks With their over under projected receiving Rushing or passing yards Download the Picks app or visit PrizePicks.com and sign up using Promo code Pilgrim that's P-I-L G R I M To get an instant 100% bonus Up to $100 On your first deposit Don't forget that's the Picks app Or PrizePicks.com and promo code Pilgrim to claim your bonus today And take your viewing of your favorite Former Kentucky Stars to the next level Sean, uh, let's get out of here Where can fans find your work?
1: You can find my work At GoBigBlueCountry.com And you can follow me on Twitter At GBBCountry
0: you can find me on Twitter as well at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at j.pilgrim@kentuckysportsradio.com. at With that, we'll be back here in the next couple days to preview the Tennessee volunteers and give you some recruiting breakdowns and analysis from the Hoop Hall Classic in Springfield, Massachusetts. Lots of great stuff here. Sean's been putting out awesome work over Go Big Blue Country as well. So go follow his work. Uh, follow him on Twitter and uh uh, keep on following along for the ride We have a fun rest of the season to go And we're going to follow it uh, Quite in depth here on the Source to Say podcast, the number one college basketball Podcast in America, I appreciate you guys Listening, thank you, we'll be back next time For the Jam Pack Source to Say podcast We will see you then